Welcome back to another edition of the Power Podcast. This week I'm joined by Bertie. Hey, how's it going? And Ham. Howdy ho. And your host Hamish. Unfortunately, uh, 40 uh, has been waylaid this evening, uh, but we will soldier on in any event. Uh, so, we'll start with the men's flag, played at Leichhardt Oval. Uh, Sharks, 6. Eels, 20. Try scorers, Luizu. Luizu. Latu, Komalafi, and Martin. Ethan Sanders, only one from four off the boot, but also getting a penalty goal. Uh, penalty goal, rather. Um, <laughs> so uh, that wayward boot not being um, the deciding factor there. Uh, Ham, you, you were away on the weekend, but you caught some of this? Uh, yeah, I eventually caught up on the uh, live stream on the New South Wales Rugby League Facebook. Um, yeah, put it on YouTube, please. Oh, it's, oh please. it'd be so much better. YouTube is made for streaming and keeping videos up there. Facebook, uh, it's, it's terrible, terrible. All right, what were your big talking points coming out of this? Obviously, uh, coming away with the win is exactly what we wanted. We had the majority of possession, time in possession. We completed rather well, uh, outgained them in all the major stats. Uh, the only thing they beat us at was offloads, 4-1. to one. Um, Outside of that, uh, oh, and our t- effective tackle percentage was a little bit down. Um, 34 missed tackles and 7 ineffective, but not being the difference there. Um, 10 errors to their 13, they were um, uh, lacking in the um, penalties and ruck infringements. Their discipline was a bit down as well. Uh, Yeah, look, when you keep a team like the Sharks, they finish third in the year, keep them to six points. You're obviously doing something right. And, you know, I saw a few comments online saying we're a bit kick-happy and this is before I watched the game. But I think that was, you know... That was the ploy. Was the fullback is obviously the way he's defending, and uh, with the way our kicking game is, we can, you know, make that into a huge positive for us. Um, just saying, the Sharks were the fourth highest point scorers all year, so uh, to keep them to six is absolutely massive. Um, I thought that you really the only time that the Sharks looked threatening was uh, when our kick chase was a little bit lazy. And either Talcamo passes Stone Street or Stone Street got on our outside. Other than that, I, you know, I, you know, other than their try being scored, I don't think they ever looked like scoring. Uh, whereas I thought we had a few opportunities. We probably didn't uh, ice all of them that we wanted to. But when you're scoring four tries in a finals, um, you're doing something right. Uh, I thought Will Latu had another strong game coming off the bench. Just provides that energy both with them without the ball plays uh, Talangi for that try assist for Komalafi that was you know Talangi's only played centre this year so he's got a long way to go learning the position and he's doing quite well there's still a few uh, things defensively I thought there were a few times there he sort of arm grabbed and he needed to put the shoulder in uh, but other than that your, your forwards went forward like that that starting pack just laid laid the platform and then you bring on uh, Sam Tuavati who's just ever since that under 19's New South Wales origin game he's just he's gone to a new level uh, when he's got the ball opposition teams it seems like they've got no line speed uh, they don't want to tackle him he's and you know he's still got another year of SG ball I hope he doesn't go down there I hope we look to make them into first graders and not win junior championships um, he needs to play flag even New South Wales Cup next year. As I said, Will Latu, 
Uh, Charlie Geimer had more of an involvement this week. It's just it's just such a really good all round team, and there's no wonder why you know with that injection of SG ball players, they're in the last three teams in the competition. And when you think about it, there's seven SG ball or seven players have played SG ball this year in that seven team from last week. So you know, very talented team. Yeah, and I think um, one of the big uh, names you just touched on there, Blaze. Um, that's certainly someone we can look at towards the future with um, Simonson filling in that centre position, but I don't think uh, we've thought that he's the long-term option. Um, if you see this continued progression from Blaze, um, if he can um, put put his foot forward, hopefully into reserve grade next season, um, could see him move up into that centre position moving forward. What do you think about uh, missing um, uh, the younger Penasini there? Didn't really make a difference? Um, no, Sam's done his job. Actually, if you you would have been right if you because you said that uh, Penasini was going to take Luizu's spot and score the first try, so you were you were sort of right with the left centre scoring the first try there. Uh, but between those two, both have another year of SG ball next year. I don't I don't want them to play. I don't expect them to play. I hope and expect that they'll play New South Wales Cup. Uh, both are very talented. Both have uh, different aspects to their game, but they're the future. We need to. And we've, I think we've got a pretty good pairing in first grade for between Will Penasini and uh, Bailey Simonson. I don't know. I'm not necessarily sure if we need to go out and look for another centre because I think those two, if you put them in New South Wales Cup, you know, Bailey and Will don't, you know, Will might miss a, might get into Origin next year, probably not. Uh, so, you, best case scenario, they're going to be playing all year. So, if, if we go with Talangi and um, and Simonson as our centre options, as our backup centre options, I'd be more than happy to do that. And then just the other touching on there, um, Josh Lynn, do you see him having a future in um, reserve grade? Um, obviously, we've touched on some of the other spine players, uh, Matt Arthur as well. He, he just looks like a solid nine, doesn't he? Great prospect. Probably a little bit small at the moment, but has room to grow. And if he's anything like his brother, he's going to fill out that frame. Yeah, I think Matt's height's a bit... It's a bit... Um, you know, he obviously is shorter than some other nines, but I think it's a bit of a misnomer because you look at the prop forwards he's up with and they're absolute giants. So I think it makes him look smaller than what he actually is. I don't think... I actually don't think he's too far off Reed Marnie. And, you know, obviously Reed's got his defensive problems. I've, I'm, Matt will probably make 50 tackles in every game from here on out, uh, what have you. But there's just something about him, isn't there? I think we probably play a little bit too laterally. But when when he takes forwards up the middle, it's he can really bring players onto the ball. Uh, well, we saw that in the game against Penrith where he had four try assists. Uh, you know, three and the one with Sam Tuivati was sort of a bit of both, but those other three were all on Arthur, uh, engaging the markers, engaging the A and B defenders. Uh, so that was all him. He probably had a bit of a quieter game this one. In ter- for Josh Lynn, though, it's it's a hard one because he he hasn't done anything wrong. I don't I don't think he's done anything wrong all year. I, I think he needs a running game if he's going to be a if he's going to be a first grade half. I just think. He needs to, because you look at Ethan Sanders on the opposite end, and he's got he's got the run first. 
is always digging into the line. Yes, he passes and kicks, but just that run and that initial acceleration off the mark is what, you know, Ethan's gonna more than likely going to be a first grader. I think Josh Lynn needs to find that. Just either play a bit more, either look at Kieran Foran's game where, you know, Foran wasn't the fastest guy, but he always dragged his second row with him and he always played in, into the line. I think that's the way Josh Lynn needs to, who he needs to model his game after. Um, all right, well, I think that's probably about as much as we can get out of that. Um, the bench, really, really good as well. Um, point of difference there. You've shouted out um, during the uh, the season to Avadi, you got a run in um, uh, in Origin squad up there. Um, double doubles. He's going from strength to strength. Uh, Lanaz as well. Um, that 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 forward pack looks pretty imposing. So I don't think uh, we really need to stretch ourselves to go. And and obviously this is predicated on these players transferring talent over to reserve grade. Um, and you know we've identified some issues with the um, with the structure there in reserve grade, uh, coaching through to recruitment, retention, etc. Um, but you know there's a, there's a little bit of a bright spot there, isn't there, in that sort of in-house recruitment that we that we could be doing as long as we can. Um, transfer these players, or at least some of them, uh, into regular, well, good reserve graders followed by regular res- uh, first graders. Yeah, that's where it's going to be tricky. I think I think with forwards we're going to be good because um, obviously our starting pack in first grade is next, well, you know, I'm probably got a bit doubtful based on this year, but for the past few years it's been very good to elite. Um, even our backup guys have been at that at a higher level than their uh, contemporaries in other teams, so you know your Brock Parker, your Jonte, uh, Jock Brazel, Max Tupo. Uh, there is rumours that floating around that Nick Lanars won't be at the club next year, which I'll be very disappointed in. Um, but at at this point, they are rumours, and Sam Tuivati. So I don't think, to me, there's no reason for us to go out there and buy another forward at all. We don't need a forward for top 30. We don't need a forward for development six. We've got, we've got those locked in. Um, but it, it's a hard one with the backs. It's really a hard one with the backs because I think, you know, Sam Sam Louise has had his injuries and that's sort of held him back. Uh, Matthew Komalaf, he just hasn't, even with two pre-season, he just hasn't taken that next step. Whereas I think Blaze Telling and Ethan Martin... Uh, with another NL preseason under Blazers' uh, legs, and then obviously one for Ethan. I think their skills translate to reserve grade well, and obviously uh, eventually into first grade. I think the same with Richard Penasini. But at the same time, it's that juggling act of bringing these guys up and putting them into a strong system where you, because you want to keep them, and then obviously in reserve grade, you already got. Miller, Stephen, and Hayes Dunstar. So if you add those two, you've only got one position to fill at the moment, and that's probably going to be Zaxini at this point. Um, and then it, 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 it's very delicate balance, and it's going to be very tough. But uh, first thing we need to do, the absolute first thing we need to do before we worry about bringing anybody in, is making sure we've got Talangi, Martin, Richard Penasini signed up. At least until they're well, I know Martin's twenty-one already. I believe. Make sure Talangi Penasini signed up until they're twenty-one. 
and Ethan Martin at least for another two years, possibly, hopefully three. Because I think those guys within, I reckon next year they could play a couple of games. And then from the year afterwards, or hopefully one of them, I think one of them could definitely be a, a full-time first-grade player. All right, well, let's move off the flag and move into the women. So as we uh, predicted there, unfortunately, Titans running away um, pretty strongly with this one, 34-12 there. Uh, Tri-scorers Kimberly Hunt and Tyler Amiatu for the Eels. Uh, in the second minute, uh, Pearson two from two off the boot, but halftime 20-6, and then um, Titans went on with it, uh, 14 points to six in the second half there. Uh, looking at some of that team stats, again, just lacking in possession, uh, lacking in completions, getting out gained uh, in metres. Uh, and then the big one is the defensive stats, missing 45 tackles to the Titans, 22, and eight ineffective tackles. That's um, that's really where we've let ourselves down this uh, year, but uh, it's, it's sort of a mirror of the the difference in class there. Some of those teams that recruited and retained their players um, better um, have really gone on with the job. You know, you look at Titans, Roosters, um, and even Tigers have done a really good job of, uh, and, and Raiders, for that matter, too, have done a really good job in their recruitment retention and it's showing um, that, that difference in class. And I think when you look at it, our forward pack, if you add um, Elsie Albert to it, between Tyler Amiar to Mahalia Murphy, Kennedy Cherrington, we've got the makings of a, of a good starting pack there. We've got some good young players in the backs with Cassie Toihihiku, Lindsay Tui, Zali Fay. Um, I wonder if it's a coaching thing because we've only won uh, five games in the past three seasons. Um, obviously, there's been some other players go to other teams and they've seemed to improve. So I just I wonder if we need to look at our coaching setup in this one as well as our um, recruitment and retention process. Look. When you come last, when you come dead last like we have, there's a lot of things wrong. So you can, essentially, you can break it down to nothing and start all over again. I think that's what they need to do. Um, obviously, there are some players that we do need to retain, but they, they need to they need to do something because at the moment, there's just... To come last after finishing the grand final, after being, you know, an established... well two seasons in the NLW, it's not good enough for a club like Parramatta. Yeah, definitely not. Um, and especially after making a grand final last year, um, recruitment and retention decisions, we put them on blast all season. Um, but really, the, the recruitment and retention team has to be a lot better than what it has been this off-season. You can't rest on your laurels and think that making... Um, a grand final in one season will translate to getting back there the next season. And I think in our first season, we saw, you know, we struggled even to get into the finals and then ran away with it from there. But, um, you know, that was 2022. Um, score lines go back to nil, nil, nil um, come the beginning of the next season. And 2022 didn't really matter um, coming into this season, especially with the extra teams as well and the talent being spread even thinner across the competition. Um Big questions to be asked in the off-season. Um, we've only got a couple of games left, don't we? For um, NRLW. Uh, just the one just this weekend. Yeah, and then it's into finals. Yeah. Um, but obviously, in 10th position, we won't be making the finals. Are they playing a top six in here? I 
I can't remember. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe top four. Probably top four, actually. Okay. All right. Well, let's. I was, I was going to say before we move on. Like, I know, Sorry. I know. Um, you're talking about like the re- recruitment and retention. I feel as though, even though they've done poorly, they've nailed the Pearson signing because her kicking game is like probably one of the best I've seen in women's fo- like in the women's this year. Like, it just the like the trajectory of the ball. Like, um, it it sort of helped us score you know a few tries from them. And like you can tell, going back to the first two weeks, where she wasn't playing, where we had no kicking game at all, it was pretty much like under six stuff. Where we'd run on fifth and would make thirty meters a set. So, I feel as though we nailed that. We just got to add a couple more pieces, in my opinion. I, f- I still feel, still think we're we're small. You know, we're we're just undersized out there, and you know, it's just there's only so much talent going around. You know, even in NRL, you know, there's only so much talent going around. Can you imagine NRLW and you had you know more teams? So. Look, it's just growing pains at the moment, but um, the main priority is, is going to be extending these youngsters because if not, it's just a waste. You know, we just wasted a whole year, and yeah. So other than that, um, yeah, I thought uh, you know we we slacked the team. We you know we bashed them for the signings, but they nailed the Pearson signing. It's just unfortunate, Albert. She's been out all year, so yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a big thing as well. You're right, Bertie. The the main pieces that we did ask uh, that we did recruit, um, you know, one of two of them have been out all year, so. Uh, it's rather unfortunate. Um, but you know, one game left, and it's against the Sharks. Uh, Sharks in this competition are running seventh, so um, they're not exactly at the top of the table, but um, I guess there's a, a bit of a revenge against Penitani game here um, after getting out of uh, her contract this year. There's definitely a few, Johnston uh, as well. Yeah, a few uh, revenge games for us. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, first of all, let's get to the flag grand final. So, Ham, you had your trepidations that uh, that Roosters team getting through. Qualifier. Uh, they've since done that. It's not the grand final qualifier. It's a qualifier for the grand final. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah, Bulldogs are through. Oh, my bad. So, Bulldogs are already through. That's just a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, that's... that's uh problem with the top five system <laughs> it's, it's an odd one <laughs> um okay <laughs> um so grand final qualifier uh bulldogs were you're right um prevailed 26 to 6 over the roosters last week but that roosters team is still packed um star started there so uh eels taking on the roosters that's saturday the 16th of september 12 noon uh, again at new like art oval also on new south wales rugby league tv which is on facebook um, can you watch? No, it's just on Facebook, isn't it? Yeah, only on Facebook. And I did. I do note that Queensland Rugby League have their under twenty one uh, system, the Hastings Dunes Colts on KO. So it's obviously able to be done. Uh, but the slow movers at New South Wales Rugby League are too tied up with uh, who's going to be the head of the New South Wales Rugby League there. So they're worried about that rather than uh, making it accessible for fans to watch these games. Yeah, definitely. All right. So looking at this team list, it's almost unchanged, isn't it? Or it is unchanged. Just the extended bench. You've got Saxon Pryke, Lachlan Blackburn, Fulema and Nunba uh, coming in on that extended bench. But uh, the Roosters have a couple of changes there. No, they seem pretty consistent to what they were last week. So they'll know uh, Caleb Tohey, um, former Eel there. Uh, yeah, the ones to pretty look tough. out in this Roosters team uh, Caleb Torhey at um, 
St. Mary's really carved us up. And then on the reserve, on the reserves by Benaya Ayelu, yellow. Oh, sorry, sorry, Benaya. Uh, very quick dummy half um, come over from New Zealand, caused us a lot of trouble. If he and Caleb want to have a big game, we'll be we'll be put we'll be up against the wall on this one. Yeah, it's a very good team. So, um, but as you've touched on, Ham, um, this team as a team. Uh, goes very good um, when all the pieces come together. Uh, but having a look at the head-to-head here, Roosters 6-3. Um, but the last meeting, we were victorious. Um, but then Roosters victorious earlier in the season. So um, the form guide for the Roosters is a draw against the Bulldogs, followed by beating the Seagulls. Then they lost to us. They beat the Wests. And then they lost to the Bulldogs, whereas we're coming in off a pretty hot streak there, five wins in a row. Uh, one of those being as against the Roosters. I think we've won nine of the past ten or something in this grade so we're definitely the form team in the competition if, if the Bulldogs aren't so you know that, that, that'll be huge for us um, look it, when, you, when you're down to the final three teams it's going to be a tough game they're just you know as much as there was some faults last week if they play like they did last week and maybe ice a few more of those moments um, there's no reason why they can't win they're very talented. Uh, I think, I think that last round, you know, I, I know they'd won seven in a row or something up to that point or whatever. Uh, but that last round where they had to beat Penrith, but also needed Canberra to beat the Storm, um, I think has really boosted them, given a huge confidence because now that they just scraped in, there's they sort of got there's nothing that nothing to lose attitude. And on top of the way that they're playing, um, forwards tough, the backs quick and skillful. I think both of those things, all those three put together, it's just they've gone to another level in this in this finals. And um, I still think there's more to come. Yeah, definitely. Um, who, who's to look out for in our team? Um, if well, obviously we mentioned before, Blaze Salangi, Ethan Martin. Um, I. I think if people watching either at home or at the ground, wherever they're watching, focus on Brock Parker, the number eight with the headgear. Just the way he isn't the biggest prop forward. He doesn't have all, like he's not a not really an offloader or a passer, but he's very good technically. He more, than off, more often than not finds his front. Um, he's got good late footwork before the line. And defensively, you watch him, you know, Referees turn off at the moment, but um, he's very good at finding ways to get his body tangled up uh, when he's making a tackle and really slow that play the ball down without making it look like he's actually slowing the play the ball down. Um, just a smart technical forward, not small, just a smart technical forward, and I th- I really like the work that he does, and it really opens up uh, John Tay. Max Tupo, Sam Tuovati, Will Latu to really use their power and aggression uh, on the back of his skill and te- technicality. Yeah, well, good luck to the gentleman there. 12 noon again on Saturday, the 16th of September. It was against the Roosters for that chance to play the Bulldogs in the final. 
then let's get on. There's no real news, is there, um, across the Eels? There's just the um, the Bulldogs winger uh, has stayed there. Apparently, there was some interest from our camp, but no formal offer given. Yeah, so they got that one, and um, we released SG Ball winger Cody Parry, who has signed with the Bulldogs as well. Yeah, good luck to Cody Parry, uh, the younger brother of Ethan Parry, who played uh, a handful of games for the Eels. Uh, at wing, um, scored a memorable try against Manly in the corner, um, if I recall correctly. Let in a few tries, but uh, who's counting? So. Uh, <laughs> all right, the WNRL, so Eels in 10th, taking on the Sharks in 7th, 1pm. Uh, that one's at GIO Stadium, Canberra. Why are they playing all these bloody fixtures down at Canberra? Um, Sunday, 17 September, 9, 9 now, KO Foxtel. Uh, so a couple of Inns here, Hanisi, Jeke, Weeks, and Kayana Takarengi. Is that... Um, oh, sorry. That's the Sharks. What am I talking about? Uh, <laughs> my bad. Looking at the wrong side of the uh, the ledger there. Um, Takarengi, that is the younger sister of uh, Brad, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, she's on the extended bench for the Sharks rather than for the Eels. Uh, but all of our inns seem to be mostly on the extended bench there. So Abby Church, Zali Fay, and Kimberly Hunt on the wings. Lindsay Tui and Toei Hickey in the centres. Uh, Berryman Duff and Rachel Pearson in the halves. O'Neill Amiatu at props. Uh, Ruben Cherrington at hooker. Muffy and Murphy in the second row. Uh, Kennedy Cherrington uh, returns for a second week at lock. Todd Hunter, Kapu, Kennet, Ellis, and Fanua uh, on the bench, extended bench. Davis Welch, Donovan, Jones, Simon, and Piakua. Um, Sharks in seventh. Uh, their stats this season, they've, they've won three from eight. We've won one from eight. Uh, they've scored 146 points total, but conceded 144. Um, I guess our issue there is uh, points scored 98, points conceded 254. Uh, not great. Uh, both have the same completion rate, similar tackle uh, efficiency. Uh, we just let in too many points, averaging 31 points being let in. Where do we see this one going? Not good. Not good. I think the girls have lost their confidence for the year. Um, it, it all depends on that first error. Once once that happens, they just seem to drop their heads and can't... They, you know, they just dig themselves into a hole and go, error, error, error. Any thoughts here, Bertie? Ah. Uh... Look, I think they packed it in a couple of weeks ago, but I just yeah, you know, you look at the you look at the Sharks team like you know Emma Tonegato, you know she 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 won the um what is it the Dalian Women's Player of the Year a couple of years ago like you know you got our um, our former captain Tiana Penatana like they they seem like I'm surprised they're not one of the better performing teams this year. I, I thought they would have been up there with the likes of the Roosters and the Knights, you know maybe top four. You know I know they um I just don't get what's going wrong for the Sharks and yeah I could see like even look at you look on their bench like you know like um on their extended bench they've got Maddie Studden like you know she used to play for us you know she played she's a she's a decent halfback sort of ish you know I'm not trying to disrespect her but they just seem like a, a they're like a veteran team out there while you look at us you know we're a bunch of rookies you know and you know you add in as I said earlier Pearson and a, and a few other players like Abby Church we're just a bunch of rookies out there so um yeah, you know, as Ham said, uh, I'll take the first error and then um, the heads will, you know, fall and, um, yeah, it's just going to be a snowball effect. But uh, just don't do anything stupid. Don't get suspended. You know, we need you next year, you know, just, yeah, right off this year and get ready for next year. So, yeah, I can't see us winning. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think we're all down a bit there, so uh, we'll be backing the uh, the flag boys in for a win, but uh, the women's might be a bit more tra- uh, tough tracking. Uh, but best of luck to the girls there in their final game of the season, uh, and hopefully bigger and better thing be- uh, better things next season. Um, do we have anything else to touch on? Oh, sorry, there was the um. Uh, there was some Eels news. It was the uh, the pre- Prime Minister's uh, lineup, wasn't it? Oh, well, not really Eels news when we don't have... Oh, in the men's, we don't. In the women's, we have seven players. Yeah, seven lined up there for the... Yeah, here we are, sorry. Seven Eels selected in the Prime Minister's 13 for uh, Eels, which are uh, headlined by Kennedy Charrington. So Rachel Pearson uh, will run out for Australia after representing the Blues um, the last two years. Abby Church... Um, Ruben Charrington, Casey Tohi Hickey, uh, Hickey rather, Kimberly Hunt and Todd Hunter also will make the trip to PNG. Um, yeah, that's the most, um, the most Eels seem to have the predominant amount of players in that team. I wonder if it's because we're not going to be playing finals. Yeah, but even out of some of the other teams that aren't going to be playing finals, like the Cowboys, they won't, oh, are the Cowboys playing finals? I'm not sure. Anyway. Plenty of Eels names there, so congratulations to all those who were named. Then, uh, yeah, we don't have the news for the Eels. Uh, sorry for the men's uh, Prime Minister's 13 as yet. Um, but when it does come, we'll uh, report on that. Um, I think that's about it. Anything else, Dad, boys? No, I think that's nearly season done. Nearly season review time. Nearly season review time. Hopefully two more games for the flag. Uh, but yeah, then we'll wrap it all up. Hopefully, we'll have forty back there for the wrap up. Um, but until then, I've uh, got, go got, got one thing to say. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> Forty yeah, um, nil. Do you ever see that in NFL? Yeah, Bertie, he's had so much blood flow down to uh, his groin region that uh, it's lacking in the brain region, and he uh, forgot what time we we're meant to record tonight after confirming that he'd be there an hour before we were meant to start. <laughs> yeah, look, uh, you know, I played front row in the junior football, so that, that explains a bit. But, um, yeah, I've got the memory of, like, a, a goldfish. That's probably, you know, I might be a good Parramatta winger, you know. I keep forgetting to stay on my wing, just rushing all the time. So, yeah, Brad Arthur, if you need a spare winger, you know, I'm available for top 30. <laughs> uh, who the Cowboys got this week? Uh, the New York Jets, so... um. Yeah, uh, Sansa uh, Rogers. So, uh, Milf Hunter, better, be, better watch out, mate. You know our defense is uh, humming along, but uh, who are the Packers got? I know they um they still own legally uh the Chicago Bears, even though it's a different QB. You know, pretty we much got the Falcons there, so we'll see if our uh, defense can uh, hold up to a very good running offense. Yes, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, other than that, like in terms of Week One shocks, obviously the Chiefs losing. Um. I can't think of anything anything else. Like it was no the big. Bengals shock. got owned by the Browns. Look, I, I wasn't aware of this till my brother mentioned it, but uh, they sort of deserve it. Apparently, they were talking smack about the Browns, you know, and um, the Browns obviously defense took it out on them. So, you know, in rugby league, you know, you, you coaches hate when uh, opposition when their plays give the opposition fuel, but um, in NFL, it just you know it just heightens it even more because you look at all social media and shit. So, yeah, um, I've maybe. Had, Maybe for um for another reason that forty didn't show up. Uh, Seahawks that second half was uh, diabolical against the Rams there. Oh man, they should have won that easily. I don't. The Rams are like they've got no, no Cooper Cup. They've got literally no one on their team. They've got uh I don't know who their QB is. Is that um Baker May? No Baker May. Baker Mayfield's at um Tampa. 
I don't know. They've got yeah, no, the Rams have got um the former Lions QB, Matt Stafford. Oh, Stafford, yeah, oh, yeah, he has been the same. But other than that, um, there has been um no shocks at all. Really, everyone should have won one. But um, how's your fantasy go this week? I lost because I had three donuts. I had Mark Andrews not playing, Kelsey not playing, and who else? And oh, I had Drake London. He played, but he didn't catch a single pass. So I had a bad week. Yeah, I won one by about thirty points. So uh, it was pretty uh pretty good there. Uh, the other side had um, the receiver for Jets as their last player, oh. and uh, as soon as Rogers went down, that made life a bit easier. And I had Jets defense, which uh, won the day on Monday, no Tuesday, yeah. Monday. Their time. Made mine had made mine had Dallas Cowboys defense and Tyreek Hill in the same team. Ooh, he literally killed the guy by like ninety points. So. All right, we'll wrap up NFL, NFL Fantasy there. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, go to the Eels this weekend. We'll catch you on the next Power Podcast. Ladies. Go Power.